but leadership is a sport, so I don't know. Y'all I, 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 I think that we should, because we talked about it, um, we should, like, do some extra episodes um, besides the regular cadence that we have. Uh, it's football season. We talked about it when we first started this. Like, there is a whole bunch of great leaders, you know, within oh, yeah. uh, coaching that we can say, hey, for our sports fans, we're going to have a special <laughs> <We're gonna> bonus <laughs> episode. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about Tony Dungy or something like that. And, uh, uh, so, uh, so check this out. So what if we did <clears> – <throat> What if we did this one, right, because we're in football season, so we can we can start on the one you're talking about, right? But what if we did – this one is – this is not a sports podcast, right? And then this, the bonus episode is titled, This is the Sports Podcast. <laughs> 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 and the bonus is like, this is the one where we're talking about sports. And we're still tying in leadership, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, this is the bonus episode. This is the sports podcast. This is, is the, the sports, sports podcast. podcast. This is not the sports podcast. This is not a sports podcast. This is a sports podcast. And it's just a bonus episode from my friend. And we can do that. I, right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watts Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. Like you know, um, again, man. You just you see it, bro. You know how we are. Just in sports, yeah, you just see it just, all the time. It's yeah. like I watch football. Like, oh man, I don't want to talk about like if we wanted to talk about it, I would talk about the lack of leadership from the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi, what? <laughs> Kawhi, Paul George, like, bruh. Like, how do you? Bro- I didn't even see the game. Um, how, and I, I, I caught a clip of Stephen A. just like going off on them and talking about the coaches and like, there's just no way they should have lost. They were up three one. That's just ridiculous. Zero. With, I mean, they got horsepower. Like, you have NBA championship coaches on the staff. You have an NBA champion, uh, you know, a Finals MVP. Um, you have all this talent, and for them to get beat, and, and how long has this guy, uh, the Joker? How long has he been in the league? Like two years? Yeah, like two, three years. So like, yeah, like, like, bro, like, again, and you were up. You only had to win one more, one more out of three. Win one more out of three. Like, how do you go zero for three? Bro, LeBron's like ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, all that, all that, I, I, all that talking about better than me, huh? Uh huh. Hey, ain't happened to me. This is LeBron. I ain't blow no three to one. That's just great. But yeah, I mean, I just that. The, so it's funny because I was just, I was, I'm I've been sharing with my boys and stuff like that as we talk about it, like. At the end of the day, I wasn't I wasn't surprised um, yeah. because I was saying, look, if it gets to Game Seven, if it gets to Game Seven, and they can't close it out. They're done for a couple of reasons: the momentum, the momentum was in the Nuggets' favor. Two, you need somebody who is um, who's 
Kawhi is is good at leading by example, but he's not good at challenging and and creating healthy friction. The, like actually, the Clippers is a great example of what happens when you amass the best talent, when you amass like phenomenal talent, and um, but you're not willing to engage in um, setting setting expectations and having healthy friction, difficult conversations when people fall short of their capabilities. Right, because um, it's okay to give somebody grace, you know, one time, you know, maybe a second time, but you want to check in. Hey, I just want to check in with you. Like, hey, I notice you're not performing up to par. Yeah, I, I notice that some, something seems to, to be a little bit off in your performance in your game. Is everything all right? Right. Um, and then after that, if they continue, then now it's a it's a it's a more direct conversation, right? But yeah, how? What position would they would would they have been in if Kawhi would have had that conversation with Paul George? Hey, um, hey man, everything all right? I know something's off, like off with your game, and it's been like that since they were in the bubble, right? Yeah, he's had moments where he's he's performed up to his his potential, dropped thirty and stuff like that, right? But like, why can't I get that consistently from you? So like, there's no healthy friction. There's just a, an assumption. That well, we bought in the best, and so they'll figure it out. And sometimes, what people need to to the way they need most is to be called to account, to mm-hmm. to be called to account, to be challenged when they're not carrying their weight, to be challenged when they're falling short, to to know that hey, like you're letting us down right now, and I don't know, um, I don't assume that it's intentional, but I still got to bring it to your to your attention, and. What can we do? How can I help you? Right? Whether like you know Paul George saying that he's struggling with acclimating to the bubble. Well, why doesn't he, why like you're going through these same experiences with your peers, right? And so it's not to it's not to sit, dismiss him and say you shouldn't have these feelings, but it's saying mm-hmm. why can't you why can't you confide in your peers then? Yes. Like what's going on there, right? Or if you're struggling with it, like why can't you can't have a like you're not having these conversations with Kawhi. Now having these conversations with other individuals, you know, who are supposed to be the leaders, the emotional leaders of the team to help you acclimate and adjust to this. Like, and if I'm seeing that or if I'm hearing that, what I'm interested in is, is what did the, what did the leadership on the Clippers, what did Kawhi do, what did uh, Pat Beverly, what did all those other individuals do when the the story broke and Paul George was transparent about that? What did Doc do? Yeah. What conversation did they have with him? All right. Um, when, when did that happen? That was after the after the first round, okay. Because um, he had some troubles, and then so he had acknowledged, like I, I'm just like people were asking him. He's like, man, I'm just I'm struggling, like you know, I'm struggling adjusting to the bubble. Like I've been depressed and stuff like that. Like he's saying this, yeah, openly in public. So how did you guys address that? How did you guys give him a, a safe a safe space? How did you give him a place to land? Or did you just think he would, you know, he's gonna figure it out? It's yeah. basketball. I figured he's it out. He's a professional. You, yeah, yeah, he's basketball. I figured it out. You figure it out. And is that part of the reason why he he couldn't show up for you guys, even though he may have wanted to? Um, is that part of the reason why you sh- you know he's shooting a wide open three, hitting the side of the backboard, mm-hmm. which is not like Paul George, right? Um, now, don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't think that Paul George is, um, you know, the guy that can carry the team on his back, right? But if you have him. And Kawhi both performing at optimal peak them, they're going to be a hard ass team to beat, right? The, um, then this is a team that clearly underperformed to expectations. And on the flip side, you have um, a team like the Nuggets who have high affinity, 
Mm -hmm. Right. Who, you know, had have faced adversity, who are having those difficult conversations when they're down three to one. Right. And how do they respond? Right. Uh, how did Jamal Murray respond? How did Joker respond? Right. How did the role players respond? Um, you know, Ma Michael Porter, like that's a great example. Michael Porter Jr. Right. So he's sitting down after they lost. Right. And he's like, um, you know, after they lost their third game. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's saying, um, we just need to let we need to let more people play. There's other people that can score and contribute, right? Mm -hmm. That's healthy friction. Yep. And everybody was like, yo, who the hell is this young cat saying this shit? Yeah. Like, bro, you coming off the? And, but what did he do? He showed up in the next he game came through. Yep. And it wasn't just offensively. It's not like he was shooting up every shot. He was doing what was required in order to help the team win. He made a huge defensive play, mm -hmm. right? And he wasn't wrong because the other people that they gave minutes to, it was in that game, Paul Millsap, in the third quarter, went on a 14-point tear in order to close the gap because they were down by 16 to the Clippers. Paul Millsap wasn't getting minutes like that. He comes into the game. He only played during that stretch, that third quarter stretch, 14 points, and then never saw the court again. Oh, yeah. He was just in there watching, cheering on the team. But he, he got them to that point and said, all right, young bucks, go ahead, take this thing. Uh -huh. Let's get this. I w. sparked you. Let's get the exactly. dub. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like when you have a team of high affinity, when you have healthy mm -hmm. friction. Like to say that in public, you know what I mean? Like, again, when you're literally you're a person that's coming off the bench, we need to let more people play. <laughs> Yeah, and he didn't say it like you know, like crying or, or complaining about it. He, he was just very matter of fact, fact about it. Um, this is yeah. what's wrong. We need to let more Correct. people play. Other people can contribute. Other people can score. Other people. We need to let more people be involved. Right? He was advocating for ownership and accountability in the results. Correct. Help. Let me contribute. And if we if we uh, lose, I at least want to know that it's because all of us had an opportunity to fight like hell. And what happened? And so, like in that picture like honestly you don't even have to watch the games if you just see how the teams responded in those moments one mm -hmm. willing to embrace healthy friction the other you know not willing to embrace healthy friction or um support for their teammate low affinity high affinity that's how you already know what the results are going to be yeah so um yeah man like i'm not surprised that it played out where how it played out. Now it's going to be interesting, right? I should have left the freaking recorder. This is another podcast. It's yeah, not, the, the not sports podcast <laughs> right? podcast yes. episode. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's high. That's high affinity right there. Yeah, like all day. No, nah, yeah, you broke that down for sure. Um, Miami won. Mm, I ain't surprised. Damn. So it's crazy. So here's. So I have a theory. But, you know, maybe they'll prove my theory wrong. But I have a theory. That the NBA is intentionally trying to set it up so that the Boston Celtics and the Lakers go to the finals. And then the Lakers beat the Celtics because that would be the last time that they won a championship with Kobe Bryant, who also beat the Celtics. And this is Mamba year. And so <laughs> I had this thought, like, when they, when they, the first one, like, in Miami won the first one, I was like, ooh. I was like, well, that's cool. They got to do that because I think they're trying to set Boston up to, to win it. You know what I mean? Or to, to make it to the final so they can be beat by the Lakers and LeBron can bring a title back to L.A. for the first time since Kobe had to beat the, the Celtics to get his title, right? Mm. And so I was like, and that would just be the perfect story in this year. Like, Mamba was looking, overseeing all of it to make sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was just thinking about all of that. And so, um, 
I had a theory. I was like, well, we'll see how this Miami Boston uh, series plays out. Uh, but if Miami won, like, we'll see. I don't know. The boys haven't been playing around. Like, they've really, again, another example of high affinity. Like, they've taken. I was thinking the same thing. The high affinity, the culture, healthy friction, organizational behavior, all of that stuff, bro, is is definitely there with Spolstra. Um, help me out, please. What's the old man's name? Oh, uh, oh Pat, Pat uh, Riley. Riley. Yeah, and isn't um, Haslam? Not Haslam. Um, that he he played uh, he played center for them. And he played center for Charlotte back in the day. Um, Morning. Yeah, isn't he still there too? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, you just organizational culture, bro. It is there. To my high affinity, like yep. Healthy friction. Jimmy yeah, will play all of that. <laughs> yeah. they, Jimmy they Buckets. All... Hey. Straight up, hey, bro! I Which already was knew. Surprising. I mean, I mean, you you knew Miami was already doing some things, but it's like, damn, this guy gonna go to Miami? He's kind of like the only person there. But again, when you got the coaching, when you have the culture, all those things that we talked about, bro. It's Places. So perfect. A perfect example, of, right? Where an organization tailors their their culture and their scheme, their fit, all of that to play to the strength of a player, right? To play yeah. to the strength of a hire, right? They knew what they were bringing him on for. They wanted a tone setter. They surrounded him by shooters because they know that that's not necessarily strength for him. They know he's going to be a high-energy two-way player on both sides of the court, right, giving maximum effort. Um, they bought into that, they, and he and they allowed him to flourish and set the culture because the culture of Miami now is not what the culture was when they won rings before or even before Jimmy got there, right? This is a gritty team like, hey, we're going to scrap or we're going to scrap, and um, I already knew what time it was when uh, they gave uh, the players permission to allow, like, hey, all right, your family and other people can show up to the bubble now because it's this, you know, it's the playoffs are starting, so like we're gonna allow that to happen. And uh, the, the reporter asked Jimmy about it, and Jimmy was like, "Nah, I ain't having my 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 family come see me." And they were like, "Well, I'm like, well, you know, it's allowed." And he's like, "Yeah, I know, but this is a business trip. It's basketball. I already been here two months." Uh, I'm, I'm on a mission. I got another two months, and then I'll spend all the time I need to when, from there. But I ain't got him here. And when he mm-hmm. said that, I was like, oh, this man locked in. <laughs> he, he, he just said, I, I, will, I, like, I will or abandon my family for the next two months on pursuit of getting this damn ring. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Like, I miss him. I love him. I don't care. Don't come here. You're not invited. I ain't buying you no ticket. Watch it like everybody else, because I don't mm-hmm. need no distractions. I am locked in. For sure. And so I was like, oh, man, I already, I already knew what time it was. So I knew they were going to make a deep run. Yeah. I knew they were going to make a deep run, but I, I thought Boston would give them a little trouble, and then I thought the NBA was going to you know, try and Cinderella story this thing, but we'll see. I, I, I definitely did not think about that, but that would be cool. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know me. I'm, a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by nature, but I'm like, oh. This would, this would be a really interesting story if it played out this way. Adam Silver. <laughs> that would be dope, though. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you know, they're going to spin a story. That that would be the ultimate in this year. They'll foot it, even if it's Miami. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, LeBron, Miami, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, so. they're, they're fighting for the first title since LeBron was with them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now LeBron, they're in his way to get the first title in L.A., the storied rivalry, Pat Riley used to coach both coach organizations, the yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, when Pat Riley was coaching, um, 
Magic Johnson was there, right? And LeBron plays like Magic. Like, you know, there's going to be all these reaches and storylines and angles, right? And uh, they, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, Jimmy Butler and LeBron James both uh, ate uh, at the same restaurant in Miami. And so that's how they're connected, like, it's all gonna be reaches. Wasn't it Jimmy Butler that was selling the coffee? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I had I had to to confirm. Um, he got a business going on, bro. He don't need no family. So I'm trying to win this chip. <laughs> chip. I'm trying to sell this coffee. Like y'all stay where you at. Jimmy Coffee. <laughs> I saw that, bro. So man, man, it's a small, medium, large. It's twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. <laughs> all all the size twenty dollars. <laughs> Jimmy Coffee. What you want? It's twenty dollars. It's twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you got it. I know you got it. Mm-hmm. That's Bruh. funny. But yeah, man. But, yeah, so. but the, the media does that. I mean, it's they they do a good job at that. Like you said, they'll probably in, in any case, yeah, they're gonna try to reach in, in all different spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be good to to finally get to that point. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we can do one or two bonuses. Maybe one on. I mean, it's football season, and we still got basketball going on. Again, even everything that we just broke down with those two teams talking about basketball and the playoffs, um, and then you know getting into some football stuff. Yeah, bro, we could run leaders. it back. Yeah, we yeah. can definitely run it back, and then mm-hmm. make that an episode. And <laughs> there's a bonus episode. Like this is this is the bonus. This yes. is the sports podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> this even is. We say it's not, not a sports, sports podcast. podcast but... This is not a sports podcast. I want to stress this that. episode. So, this episode so, is a sports, sports episode. So, you're right. We're gonna talk about some leadership stuff. It's yeah. gonna be all sports. Of so <laughs> buckle in. <laughs> but it's not a sports podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think that'll be super dope too. Um, I like that a lot. Rage on that beat, going crazy. You have just listened to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.